Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. If you have your Bibles tonight, I'd like you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 18 with me just for the next few moments as the winds of God blow in here. And let's be directed by the winds of the Lord. Amen. Let's expect the Holy Spirit to move through here tonight. I'm in 1 Kings chapter 18. And I want to speak to you for the next few moments concerning a divine confrontation for this very purpose. For the turning back of the hearts of our nation back to God. Amen. So vitally important. I, I, I believe that I believe every one of us recognize what is at stake right now for the very heart and the very soul of the United States of America. Um, I know the people that we run with. I know the caliber of the people and the tribe that we run with, not only here locally, but throughout the nation and in the nations, that we don't have our heads buried in the sand right now, that we are alert that we are awakened and we understand there is so much at stake right now for America. True prophetic ministry is the calling of hearts back to God. I want to say that again. True prophetic ministry is the ministry of calling hearts back to God again. I don't, I don't believe in any prophetic ministry that doesn't have an aspect of calling hearts back to God. In fact, if it doesn't do that, I really question the validity of that prophetic ministry. Now, before we jump into this text, this is such an extraordinary text concerning the mighty prophet Elijah on the, on the um, mountain of uh, Mount Carmel concerning the fire of God being released. And I want to set this up because about 135 years, roughly, about 135 years after King David's reign had passed and long after his son Solomon, the kingdom of Israel is now very much divided. They're divided within a northern kingdom and a southern region, a southern kingdom. And, And Oncoming on the scene is this wicked and vile King Ahab and his demonically driven wife named Jezebel. This couple actually leads Israel into a horrific time of all kinds of darkness and evil upon the land. They actually lead them into wicked practices of worshiping false gods and filling the temple of God with false prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth. In fact, as you study the life and the leadership of Ahab and Jezebel, you find that they literally employed 850 false prophets that were shacking up in the temple with demonic practices leading the nation into horrific sexual immorality. And so at this time, Ahab and Jezebel are now leading these false prophets of Baal, false prophets of Ashtoreth, against the true prophets of God, the prophets of Yahweh, the true prophets of God. 
they were out to destroy the true prophetic movement. Now remember, and I, I, I want to lay this again, true prophetic ministry is calling people back to the heart of Yahweh. It is calling people back to the very heart of God. And I want to say from the very outset of this message, I want to declare prophetically, there is a prophetic movement, victory of which you and I are a part of in this hour. We are a part of a movement that is calling the heart and soul of America back to the heart of God in this hour. Can you shout amen with me? 1 Kings chapter 18, and I'm going to begin to read in verse 17. It says, and then it happened when, when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? And he answered, he said, I've not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have. And that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed after the Baals. In other words, he says, you're the trouble, you're the wicked, you're the one that has spawned this wickedness upon all of Israel. And you have now followed after these false gods. Verse 19, let's read on together. Now therefore send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel. And 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Astra who eat at Jezebel's table. Verse 20. And so Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. We've been there. Many of you watching online have, have been right there. You've stood on Mount Carmel with my wife and I and our team. You'll remember this so well. And Elijah came to all the people and he said, this is the words of Elijah, how long will you falter between two opinions? Read that again with me. How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him, not a word. And then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left as the prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. And therefore, give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it into pieces, lay it on the wood, put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bowl and lay it on the wood and put no fire underneath it. Then you call on the name of your gods. And I will call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire. He is God. One more time. And the God who answers by fire. He is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. And now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bowl for yourself and prepare it first. For you are many and call upon the name of your God and put no fire under it. And so they took the bowl which they had given them. They prepared it. They called the name of the place, or excuse me, they called on the name of Baal from morning until noon saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, 
No one answered. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had, had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah began to mock them. And he cried out aloud. He cried out for, and he said to them, uh, is he a God? Either maybe he's meditating or he's busy or he's on a journey or perhaps he's sleeping and he must be woken up. So they cried out and they began to, watch this, they began to cut themselves as was their custom with knives and with lances until blood gushed out on them. Wow, what a scene this is. How utterly grotesque. They began to call on the name of their false gods, these Baal demon gods. And so they began to implore them now with blood, imploring them, cutting themselves with blood gushing from them. And then at midway, as it was passed, they prophesied until the time of the evening, the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. And then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him. Watch these next words. I, I just ask you, take out your highlighter, underscore this, underline it. Look at these next words. He said, come near to me. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. This is very key to where we're going tonight. Elijah repaired the altar which was broken down. And Elijah took the 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel shall be your name. And then with the stones that he built the altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two soons of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bowl into pieces. How many of you like that? He just cut the bowl. You could take that any way you like that tonight. He cut the bowl. And he laid it on the wood. <laughs> I think Cody got that tonight. <laughs> He laid it upon the wood and he said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt offerings on the wood. And then he said, do it a second time. They did it a second time. He said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar and it also filled up the trench around the altar with water. What, what are we getting at? It was absolutely saturated. It just, it just made it look absolutely impossible. It was saturated. And it came to pass at that time, the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, listen to his prayer tonight, Victory. Listen to his prayer, my friends around the country. Hear this prayer, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and watch this, and that you have turned, 
their hearts back to you again. Did you, did you catch that? There's the power. There's the bullseye. The arrow into the bullseye. God's saying, I'm going to turn their hearts back to me. He's declaring it through the lips of Elijah. The desire of God's heart is to take hold of the hearts of the nations and bring them back to God Almighty. Woo! Then the fire of the Lord, it fell. And it consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Would you say it with me tonight? The Lord, He is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. And do not let them escape. So they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. There's no messing around. There's no mincing words at this point. Are you with me tonight? There's no mincing words. I heard these words in the mid-90s, my friends. I want you to take some notes tonight. I heard these words. My wife and I had traveled to the great Brownsville Revival in Pensacola, Florida. We had stood in line for nearly 10 to 12 hours to get into the church building. The services would last five to six hours with the presence of God hovering in those meetings as if tangibles, like you could just reach into the glory and just experience the glory so tangibly. I remember the words of evangelist Steve Hill. He said, there is a move of God that is coming to America. And he said, you write this down, brother. He said, it is going to be a violent revival in the coming days ahead. I'm going to say that again. These are the words of Steve Hill thundering from the mid-90s. He said, there is a violent revival. Revival coming in the days ahead. A violent revival coming in the soon days ahead. Now you need to mark this down, brother, because we are in an epic time of turbulence. We have never seen an hour like this day. We've never seen a year like 2020. There is more problematic stuff. There is more... There is more uh, surprises that are coming. There are more birth pains that are going to come down the track to us. And God is even now, by His grace and by His Holy Spirit, He is preparing His bride. He is preparing His people. He is preparing us even now so that we won't be caught unaware for what is coming. But we need to understand this, folks. There is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that will be a violent, radical, powerhouse revival that we have not ever seen in the history of this nation nor the nations of the earth. I will tell you, I believe it is a true Mount Carmel moment, a divine confrontation 
that will cause the hearts of nations to be turned to the Lord our God. This is what we must be crying out for in this hour, in the place of intercession. That God would rescue, recapture the very heart, the heartbeat of America once again. It was Leonard Ravenhill that said these mighty words, that the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity. And I believe the opportunity for the church, for the greatest harvest of souls that we have ever seen before, is about to burst forth in this hour. And we're going to be right in the midst of it and a part of it. I want to declare tonight, there is a divine confrontation and a recompense that is coming to the workers of the devil in this hour. You make no mistake about it. You need to get ready for the full exposure and the weight of justice to fall like a gavel of righteousness from heaven upon this nation. I remember when the Lord spoke to me. I was in, I was in a place of prayer one night and I heard the Lord so loud it was not audible, but it felt as if it was audible inside my spirit. I took my pen and I wrote it right into my prayer journal. And the Lord said, son, pray for great grace to come upon America. Because when the truth is fully exposed and released upon your nation, they are going to need, they're going to be in such great need of grace to be able to receive the reality of the truth that is going to hit this nation. Remember this, my friend. Jesus it says this in John chapter 1. It says, Moses brought us the law. Remember that? Moses brought us the law, but Jesus brought us grace and truth. Not either or, both and. Moses brought us the law, but Jesus brought us both grace and truth. We are going to be in such utter need in this hour as the, uh, the pulling back of the curtain, so to speak. And the reality of the truth that's going to hit our nation that has been hidden from us. Now you might be sitting there thinking, Brian, how are you so confident? Because we are part of a people in the earth that has been crying out for the full expo exposure and for divine righteousness to be poured out upon this land. That what the devil has done in secret will no longer be able to be hidden in this hour. Come on, can you give God praise? You better believe, you better believe there is a war against pedophilia in this hour. You better believe there is a warfare going on over pedophilia, over human trafficking in this nation right now. And God's not winking at it. And God's not going to cover it up. Full exposure is coming. You better believe, brother, that God's not looking the other way over the injustice of innocent blood being shed 
decade after decade here in the United States of America, there is a war going on for unborn lives. Woo! There is a corruption that has been decimating this nation. There have been people who have purposely partnered with demon spirits that God is going to expose their hind end like never before. You mark it down, brother. Judgment is coming. God has been cleansing his house for decades. We have seen in the we, we've never seen anything like the last 30 years of God cleansing and torching his house. I'm telling you, the fire of the Lord has been burning throughout the nations, not just in America. But in the nations of the earth, God has been actively cleansing and torching his house and purifying us out of sexual immorality, financial improprieties, all kinds of wickedness. But I'm going to tell you the hour that we're in, folks. It's a very fearful hour. God is about to deal with the world. And he's going to deal with the world strong, strong. There is a level of spiritual warfare and intensity that is growing. A true level of spiritual warfare. And unfortunately, most of the church has not been prepared for this hour. They're still sitting in hour-long services, sipping coffee, uh, mesmerized by the lights of the church. But there has been a remnant there has been those that are after the very heart of God that have been tucked away praying and interceding faithfully before the Lord. Those that can receive a true word in their spirit this hour. Those that have not been seduced by that spirit of entertainment that has caught the church taking it on this crazy detour. God has a remnant. God has a remnant. Honey, if you could just help me just with a bottle of water, that'd be great. Just pop the lid for me, Victoria. Thank you. Let's all take a drink, hey? The Lord is really helping me to preach this word tonight. <laughs> Believe me. There is an ecclesia. There is a church. That word ecclesia we know is the church that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There is a true church that is going to partner with heaven's agenda in this hour. This radical powerhouse church are going to be the ones that loose the power of the throne and the scepter of righteousness in the earth to rule over all the works of the enemy. I want to tell you, my friends, God is always up to a Mount Carmel confrontation. Did you hear what I said? God is always up for a Mount Carmel confrontation, a divine confrontation. God is into unleashing raw and radical power. God is into unleashing raw and radical power. God is a God who wants to put visible acts of power on display to show heaven's dominion. 
I'm talking about epic victory. I'm talking about epic triumph over the works of the devil. Now, why does God want to do this? Because verse 37 answers it. And it's right out of 1 Kings 18. Verse 37, it's so that the hearts can be turned back to God again. The purpose of a divine confrontation is that souls can be saved and won back to the very goodness of God. This is the divine intention of our Father in this hour. This prodigal nation has run amok. This prodigal nation has run its course in rebellion, its most vile sexual immorality, sexual pride, arrogant pride before God, but yet God still in His goodness has a prophetic generation that is calling out, hear the voice of the Lord and repent of your sin. It's the word of the Lord. Repent is a good word. Repent is a good word. It'll save your life. It saved my life. It saved your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, in verses 4 and 5, it says, For our weapons, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity. How? To the obedience of, say it with me, Christ. Christ. Christ is the victorious lion, ladies and gentlemen. Christ is the victorious lion. There is a religious dead church that has tried to make Jesus very tame. They have tried to make Jesus very domesticated. They have tried to tame the victorious lion, but he is not tame. He is wild. His love is fierce. God's love is fierce. God's love is not weak. His love is fierce. God's love has an intensity about it. God's love has a burning to it. It has a force. It has a power to it. It has such an aggression to it. You need to understand that there is something about the love of God that has aggression, power, force to it. And that's the kind of love that has to be unleashed upon the United States of America in this hour. A fierce love. A love that will snatch you from the fire. I'm talking about a love that will snatch you out of the fires of hell. Glory to God. Our God is an all-consuming fire. It is imperative in this hour that young lambs will finally mature into mighty lions. This is where God is taking us. That in this hour, we will not cower in fear. That we will not cower down and be backwards, but that we will advance into the battle. Listen, God has not called us 
to run away from the battles. God is calling us into the battles to bring his glorious light right into the pits of darkness. This is an epic commission that we are being given. And this may, this may sound so uh, grandiose or so intense, and you're like, man, Brian, I, I, that's just not my personality. I don't know if I can really go there and do that. Do not, do not heed to that. Do not subscribe to that. God is equipping us and training us for this hour. And you're going to be surprised the transformation that's going to happen in the body of Christ and these next months and years, you're going to see the power of the Holy Ghost put on royal display through sons and daughters. They will do mighty exploits in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus went on and he said, I'm going to build this church in the gates of hell. They're not going to prevail against it. He goes on, he says, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom that whatever you forbid... It'll be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on the earth, it'll be permitted in the heavens. See, the conflict and the epic battles of this hour, they are not going away. They are inescapable. There is a battlefield right now, spiritual landscape to take. There, there's battlefield spiritual, moral, political, educational governmental landscapes that God is saying, I want you to take those mountains. I want you to take that territory. This is what God has you in training for this hour. I've said so many times here, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that the kingdom of God was never meant to retreat. I believe we were always meant to shape culture, and that's why the Holy Spirit is beckoning us now into this place. Anointed and courageous Christians. You might want to write this down tonight. An anointed and a courageous Christian, they will hear in this hour what others are not hearing. They will begin to see what others do not see. They will begin to say what others do not want to say. And they will go where others are afraid of going. A courageous Christian or a courageous leader will not give people what they want, but they will provide them with what they truly need. And you might ask, how does this happen? It's because their best friend and partner is the Holy Spirit that keeps them from falling into the snare and bondage of the fear of man. God wants you to begin to hear things that others are not hearing. He wants you to begin to see things that others are not seeing. He wants to call you into places that others are so fearful of going. But here's the word of the Lord. Romans 8 and 14, as many that are led by the Spirit of God, say with me, they are the sons and the daughters of God. It is imperative in this hour that you develop your real relationship, your inner life with the Holy Spirit. That you develop your inner world, your inner life with the Holy Spirit so that you can be directed and redirected. You can be shifted back. 
You can be recalibrated and then resent out. It's where you develop your inner world, your inner life with the Holy Spirit so that you're like the wind. Jesus said those that are born of the Spirit, they are like the wind. You don't know from where it's coming from or where it's going. They are like the wind. The Holy Spirit is the greatest leader on planet earth. Say that with me. The Holy Spirit is the greatest leader on planet earth. See, God's anointed and called leaders are the most powerful force on the planet. And if, if we could just so seize our opportunity, if we could hear the words of Leonard Ravenhill tonight thundering once again that the opportunity of a lifetime, it has to be seized in that lifetime of the opportunity. Folks, nothing, nothing's going to shut us down. I mean, here we are. We've got technology rolling. We've got a few faces here in the crowd. But here we are together again, burning again, the Holy Spirit billowing, courting us again for this hour. Our hour of greatest opportunity for harvest and calling the heart of this nation back to God is now. Now. I want to ask you this question in closing tonight. What if your consecration, what if your courage, your courage and consecration, like Elijah the prophet, could shape the course of history? You see, it was through Elijah's ministry in life that that event transformed the spiritual landscape of that very nation. And God is calling an Elijah company once again. The Elijah company of true prophetic voices that will call America back to the heart of the Father again. I ask you, what could God do with your life? How could He use your consecration? How could He use your voice? How could he use your courage in this hour by becoming a voice for God? He is desiring to use you. Don't think of someone else. God is thinking and looking at you, at you, at me. My answer is yes. My answer is yes. What if God... What if God is dreaming of using you and your partnerships with other kingdom people to expand his dominion in the earth? I tell you, he is. I tell you, he is. God is looking for a people who will partner together, who will become a mighty tribe, a mighty family, a mighty pride of lions, mighty ones who will move in the Spirit, who will move in the voice of the Lord, those that He can thrust out into the harvest fields. Before it's all said and done, we're going to see apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers launched out of this family. We're going to see a prophetic company being commissioned out of this family, a prophetic and evangelistic community for this entire region that are going to move in exploits. It's coming.
It's coming. This is our hour. This is our finest hour. And I want to speak to your heart tonight. Do not be discouraged. Do not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap a harvest if we faint not. If we faint not. This is no time to give in to discouragement. This is no time to give in to discouragement. This is the hour to believe. This is the hour to get freshly lit before the Lord, burning before the Lord, so that the Lord can use you in this hour greater than you've ever known. It's such an hour. If you're there with us tonight, I just ask that you would simply place your hand over your heart as I want to pray over every one of us tonight. Lord, I just thank you for the kindling of the Spirit. I thank you for the fire and the kindling of the Spirit. I thank you for eternal burnings that come out of the presence and the heart of the Lord. Fire from the throne of God. Fire from the throne of God. Fire from the throne of God. Lord, that you would ignite our heart tonight. That you would ignite our lives tonight, God. Lord, you are raising up this prophetic community. You are raising up, God, the company that will call the heart of America back. Lord, use us. We say, here am I. Send me. Would you pray it tonight? Lord, here am I. Send me. Lord, that is our prayer. That is our prayer. Oh, God, that you would find us faithful. You would find us ever burning before you, God. You would find us, God, in the place of prayer, in the place of worship. And you would find us in faith tonight. God, as we sang tonight, we hear praise, but you hear faith. You hear faith. So, Lord, tonight I thank you for the aroma that is going up out of every house. The aroma of faith that is coming up out of every house. The aroma of faith that is coming up out of this sanctuary, this burning place tonight in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, that you're resting on us. Just pray that over your life. Holy Spirit, rest on me. Holy Spirit, rest. Rest on me, Holy Spirit. Rest on me in fire. Rest on me in glory, God. Rest on me in fire. Rest on me in glory, God. Hallelujah. 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 Father, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is preparing your church for August, September, October, November, December. God, I thank you that whatever we see, we shall not be shaken. We shall not be shaken. Glory to God. And I want to declare over every one of us tonight as we've prayed for our great state of Florida tonight. I want to pray Psalm 3-3 over every one of us. That the Lord is, he's truly a shield about us. He is our glory. He is the lifter of our heads. So just pray the keeping power of God over you tonight. The Lord surrounds you as a shield. He envelops you. He envelops you. He cherishes you. Sing songs of love and celebration over your life.
Tonight, I just pray the blessing of the Lord and the strength of the Lord upon you. I want to thank you so much again for being part of this gathering, part of our worship time together. Cody Sander, Victoria, thank you so much. Bren, Josiah, thank you guys so much. Listen, on the behalf of Victory Church of His Presence and those of you around the country that have been with us, we want to thank you for being with us tonight. We love you. We bless you. We strengthen you. We will see you next week online. Once again, our special guest will be Roger and Jennifer Lee from the Sarasota House of Prayer. They will be in-house. We will be online once again, 6 o'clock. And the following week on the 15th, we'll be gathering once again as a family. Hey, listen, we bless you. We love you. Be strengthened in the Lord. Be encouraged in the Lord. You are blessed. Amen. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.